0: Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc Here's your host, Dave Cross. Welcome to episode nine of Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. This time around, I have a really nice chat with Victoria Pavlov, a Photoshop artist. I had a really nice opportunity to sit down and chat with Victoria during Photoshop World, where she was teaching a class on painting in Photoshop. So just before we play that interview, here is her bio. Victoria was born into a musical family and started practicing music at the age of three. At age six, she discovered painting. She spent all of her time in a painting studio to master her craft. At age 14, she had her first big exhibit. She was introduced to the camera by her uncle and to Photoshop by her teacher. Since that time, she became the Photoshop artist. A canvas, a camera, a Wacom tablet, and Adobe Photoshop are the clean canvases where she can create her art. One of the biggest passions in her life is using Photoshop. Painting in Photoshop is the world for her, her language, eyes, and heart. As I said, Victoria was teaching a couple of classes on how to paint in Photoshop, and that's part of what we talk about in this interview. All right. I am here with Victoria Pavlov, who's here teaching at Photoshop World, and she very graciously agreed to sit down and chat about herself and the things she does in Photoshop, and she's most known for painting in Photoshop and does some really beautiful work, which amazes me since I can barely paint a straight line. Uh, (laughs) So just to get started, Victoria, why don't you give the listeners just a bit of a background on like where you come from, the kind of background you have in the arts and how you gravitated towards doing things digitally with Photoshop.
1: Sure. I came from musician family. Uh, My mother, my aunt, my sister, they're professional musicians. And I start my musician career at Age 4 probably. I was on stage at age 5 for sure. Wow. And after that, my mom decided that my sister is better in music. <laughs> and I was so upset, I started droving. And my father, first time my father saw my drawing, he said, you know, you're so good in it. And probably it was just like jump like this. Mm-hmm. And also my uncle who introduced me to photography, he also was a great painter. I picked it up after him, my photography and my painting. I just saw he does this all the time and I loved him. Sure. I, I basically started copying what he's, he, he does.
0: Mm-hmm. And- so... That was like the traditional sense. When was the first time you saw a digital tool and went, oh, this is interesting. I should take a look at this.
1: My family immigrated to Armenia and Armenia country was under war. And basically we didn't have electricity, water, food or anything like that. And I was introduced by a friend of mine to Photoshop. Um, I was uh, and it was Photoshop 1.0 and I started. Working with Photoshop since that time. And again, because we didn't have water, food, or anything, it was impossible to draw. You have sure. no tools, you have no pencils, or anything. And I was always trying to do something artistic in Photoshop because I missed my art. Mm-hmm. And when we had our brushes and everything, and I said, okay, with less expenses, I can draw traditionally, I can do anything I can in Photoshop.
0: Now, so you you started doing painting in the very first version of Photoshop when there was... <laughs>
1: not first. It's about probably 18 years ago.
0: Okay. I was going to say that's still pretty early Photoshop. And back then that was, uh, you know, it was not, not a lot of options. <laughs> yeah, it was difficult, but
1: at least I had a sure. satisfaction, kind of satisfaction. I can draw, I can do something.
0: Now, more recently, you have options for people who, like, if you wanted to learn about painting, you have, like, classes or what do you do for people who want to... Uh, Learn more about painting and Photoshop.
1: I teach Photoshop painting pretty much all the time. I have my YouTube, I'm trying to keep up with my blog, but I have no time to do it (laughs) all the time. Uh, I communicate with my community, with my followers. Uh, I pretty much open. If anyone has any question about painting and Photoshop, they can just reach me even on my social media and I will always answer and give advice or even connect and show something.
0: So. As a general starting point, if someone is kind of intrigued by the idea of attempting or getting into or experimenting with painting in Photoshop, what would you say would be a good first step for someone who's really not not done anything other than, you know, they're aware of there's a brush tool and there are brushes, but they've used it for, say, masking, not for trying to create something. What would be a good first place to start for someone who wanted to try and make a, a creation of their own?
1: I have in Photoshop two techniques. Uh, One technique is for photographers. I'm naming it painting for photographers. Mm -hmm. So your base layer will be your image and using the mixer brush tool, you can paint over it. And it's not any filter, it's just real painting uh, brush stroke after brush stroke. It's easier Mm -hmm. if you have no experience in digital painting or any painting at all. If you would like to start from a white canvas, I will recommend just Again, first of all, trace image you want to paint and just brush stroke after brush stroke. If even you will spend five minutes every day, not more, in one month later, you will be more comfortable. Sure. So just practice every Mm day.
0: Now, one of the comments I've had from people is they say, oh, boy, I love making brushes, right? Like creating brushes from something, you know, like they'll, I don't know, take a photograph of an old map and use that as a a brush. But then the question becomes, now I have a ton of brushes. How do, I, how do I keep track of them? Now, recently, I guess the last couple of versions of Photoshop, the brush management's a little better, right? You can yes. create your own kind of folders. Is that the kind of system that you set up for yourself Is like a yes, folder-based system?
1: Absolutely. I love new brush presets organization. I love it. All my brushes are organized. I'm using Kyle Webster's brushes. He has tons of brushes, everything organized by folders. You don't need to upload everything, all his brushes. And if you're Creative Cloud subscriber, all those brushes free for you. Mm-hmm. You can download any brush you like, and even uh, his brushes all organized. I'm creating my folders and subfolders dedicated to each project. Oh, okay. Example: I have watercolor. He has watercolor brushes. I downloaded. It's about 30 watercolor br- brushes, mm-hmm. but I love particular five ones. And three of them I use for my background uh, workflow. Two of them for uh, main subject. Uh, some of them for details. And I've created folder: my favorite uh, watercolor brushes, my favorite background brushes, my favorite uh, main subject brushes. And it's easy.
0: Now I think some people. It's time for the tip of the week. Maybe it's going back to before there were folders that if they have so many brushes, that'll either slow down Photoshop or they'll never find them. But I think this idea of managing through folders, there's really no limit, right? I mean, you could have lots of brushes. It's just as long as they're organized.
1: Absolutely. Well,
0: that's, that's a good point to make. As I, like I said, I've heard a lot of people kind of say, oh, I, I think I have too many brushes. I'm like, I don't <laughs> Not- I don't know if there's such a thing as too many. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> it's more just maybe you have so many in an unorganized way yes. that you can't find them. <laughs>
1: Agreed. Same with a Creative Cloud library. If you have a perfectly organized library, it's lifesaver.
0: Sure, true. Um, so give us an idea of, of the when you first started using some of these brushes and, and how you experimented, so let's say like these Kyle Webster brushes that you click on one, what would be a typical process you would go through to kind of get a sense of, well, what does this brush kind of do and what might I be able to use it for?
1: Uh, when I'm downloading new package of Kyle, uh, brushes or I'm pretty much working hundred percent with Kyle Webster's brushes, I'm going to brush by brush by brush, just simple brush stroke mm-hmm. because some brushes I love, some brushes I don't because they're not, uh, designed for my workflow. Sure. So I'm going brush after brush after brush and I'm creating right, uh, after I, example, I like this brush, I'm right away creating a new folder and moving that brush to this folder okay
0: now i know that many of the brushes have built-in settings like yes. the, the whatever it is spacing or whatever how often do you find yourself looking at the brush and going well that's interesting but i might want to tweak those settings do you do a lot of work in, in that area as well
1: my um if i'm changing anything i'm just changing um blend mode uh, for uh, brushes mostly at least in brushes i like default setting to overlay or something mm-hmm. like that, I'm moving to normal.
0: Okay, but as far as like that whole panel of no, brush settings, you don't tend great. to play with that. Good. Now, what if someone's just creating a brush from themselves? So they, do they either find an object and they scan it in or take a photo, and then they've got this sort of, let's call it the sake argument, blob, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a brush. How often do you do that and then go into those settings to say, well, now I need to play with scatter and spacing? Is that something you do very much with?
1: I'm creating brushes in Adobe Capture. It's a free Adobe application. Mm-hmm. And Capture designs... Perfectly. I love Capture for many reasons. We have many, many options. We can create um, pattern. We can create um, 3D material for 3D objects uh, working in a dimension. But also, uh, Capture has great, great ability to create brush. And I can create a brush and Capture for uh, my mobile uh, workflow just using Adobe Photoshop Sketch or Desktop Illustrator on Photoshop. So I'm creating in... Um, Capture we have all controls over our brushes and I'm saving this brush to my creative cloud library.
0: Hmm. Now for, for library. listeners that aren't familiar the Capture app it's both uh, iOS and Android, right? And it's really it's fascinating what it does because you pick up your mobile device and point it at something whatever it might be and it can either randomly create a pattern as you move it around or if you can you can capture color swatches if there are a color scheme you like i mean it really is quite remarkable and then with a good internet connection you literally say save and then you look in photoshop and there it is in your library i mean it's really pretty pretty remarkable that it has that ability and i remember before it came out i was pretty intrigued with brushes but it was more take a photo of something and then open it and then stare at that brush panel with all these settings going, uh, scatter? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. What does this do? And I mean, which is kind of neat to experiment, but at the same time, I probably didn't get the kind of results that the Capture app does because it, just- it, it does a lot of that for you, so there's, there's less guesswork.
1: Agreed, 100%. <laughs> all
0: right, we're going to continue this chat in a moment, but first... It's time for the tip of the week. Since it was mentioned in the interview with Victoria, here's how you create your own brush in Photoshop. Basically, anything can be a brush, you just have to think of it this way. Whatever's black will be your brush is white will be see-through, gray will be somewhere in the middle. So for example, if you made a selection out of a photograph, the brush would be defined as a grayscale version of your selection, and then you can add any foreground color. Now it's probably more common to take a logo or a shape or something like that and make that into a brush, just remembering you don't have to do anything else other than remember that whole theory of black is your brush and white is see-through. And then you just go to the edit menu and choose define brush preset. Members of learningphotoshop.cc have unlimited anytime access to Photoshop tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, as well as live Q&A sessions twice a month. Take your knowledge of Photoshop to the next level at learningphotoshop.cc. All right, Victoria, I am going to switch gears a little bit. Each time I've been doing one of these chats with someone, I always ask the same question because I'm always intrigued to hear what people will say. So I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit and say if the world changed dramatically and for reasons we don't understand, tomorrow you were named the head of Adobe. So you're the, the big cheese, the person in charge of everything, and you had the ability to change or add anything you wanted to Photoshop. What would be the first couple of things that come to mind that you'd like to see in Photoshop or Lightroom, either one? Lightroom.
1: In Lightroom, definitely, I would like to bring more um, possibility to create art. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's more for uh, for photographers' software, but still, I'm like an artist. Even in my photog- photography workflow, I'm always bringing something artistic. So I would like to have more. Uh, more tools to create my art using lightroom in photoshop photoshop pretty much maybe not from a technical perspective my personal passion is and i'm trying to do it and i'm still trying but i didn't succeed still i'm trying to uh, people uh, with a small income or i don't know people who don't have a lot of income be uh, their children be able to touch photoshop or any other adobe mobile application just to go out of street and mm. create art sure. because a, a families with low income has no income to buy computer sure. or something or software mm-hmm. and children just go outside and i believe if uh, they will be able to touch art their life will be changed and at some point in um, in my past uh, life if i will have ability to touch art to create when i was not able mm-hmm. my life will go differently sure i will be less stressed uh, it will be easier Mm -hmm. and this is what I want to do so that's a, that's
0: a really interesting point because we kind of take it for granted that you know people say well now I can either work on my iPad or my laptop or my desktop but there are so many people that don't have any of those or even a a mobile phone to, to play around with It's that's a really good thing when i just point.
1: came to united states i was with uh, my child she was 13 years old i didn't have english i my uh, who i was before united states nobody cares to support myself and my daughter i work on many many jobs i supposed to choose between uh, my daughter's school to provide her with best school i can and with apartment with everything i had no money sometimes for food and her school required computer and i i wanted just to touch my photoshop and i was not able and we walked with her to a library about one hour in one way and we rented some books we walked back home uh, one hour and i was just touching art and everything and it was again a kind of satisfaction sure
0: yeah, yeah no, that's, I think that's especially, well, certainly with your background of growing up surrounded by art in various ways, you could see how that would be such a precious part of your life that you yeah. wouldn't want to just say, oh, well, it's, no, that it, that needs to be put aside.
1: It's just losing part of you.
0: Mm-hmm. I also think, so I'm, I'm involved musically, I sing as a, a hobby. And for me, it's a wonderful stress relief because I'm so passionate about it. And I think I was talking with someone recently who said that, they use Photoshop in two very distinctly different ways. They use it for their job. So then they're like, this is my business. I need to edit these photos. But then in their off time, they don't go away from Photoshop. They just completely change their focus of what they use it for. Now they create like fantasy art and things yes. that is just the stuff that they're interested in. And I thought that was a really interesting point because many people, especially if Photoshop is involved with your job and you spent all day doing it, the last thing you want to do at first glance would be now I'll spend even more time in the software. But if you're changing your focus and doing something just for fun, but at the same time doing something for fun still means you're learning things, right? I'm sure you've had the experience where as you're experimenting with some of those brushes, you go, oh, that's interesting, you know, every so it's a it's day. a new thing that you that you learn because you hadn't tried that brush with that yeah. color or whatever it might be. right?
1: Exactly. Every day, every single day, I learned something new every single
0: day. So for someone that that, again, is intrigued with the idea of of painting, give us an idea of maybe a, a, a simple exercise someone could do if they're just starting with a, a blank screen, not not necessarily to create end up with an actual painting, but just kind of a quick exercise to say, I'm gonna put a blank canvas and then take a brush and just kind of see what they do. What is there anything that someone could do just to kind of help with that process?
1: Yes, the best way to start with simple apple. Mm-hmm. different color you you like any color you like will work just apple has a very unique shape very easy to recreate and a lot of uh, shades a lot of reflections just train your eye to catch some uh, main points in your main subject and try to recreate it in photoshop
0: now, when you're when you're doing, if some like say you were doing that project, describe to us the let's call it structure of your document. Would you have many layers, or yes. just how, what would be a typical oh, scenario?
1: Layers is my weakness. <laughs> <laughs> I have as many layers I can. Uh, sometimes I have more than thousand la- layers. Wow. I prefer to organize by folders, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, uh, Colored labels is very important for me. Mm-hmm. My structure is if this layer I love, I know I will keep it, it's green color. If I'm not sure, it will be yellow. If I know <laughs> I will delete it later, it will be red. <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice. Now, are you one of those people that's really good about naming your layers, or do you tend to have layers that just sort of are whatever the name is? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm trying. I'm trying, And I'm teaching, always rename your layers. But when I have thousand layers, I'm just organizing a main uh, folder.
0: Well, that's—I mean—at least there is some organization. I'd be yes. a little worried if you said I have a thousand layers and they're no, all no, just. No, no. no <laughs> that I, would be a little hard to keep track of. Absolutely no. <laughs> and and you mentioned something that kind of made me smile because almost every instructor that I know. Teaches people. So when they're in a class, they say, Now make sure you name your layers. But if you look at their projects, most of the time those layers <laughs> no. might not be, or the odd one is, but then you sort of get in the flow and it's like all of a sudden you realize you have a layer called layer two, copy seven. And it's like, you <laughs> I think everyone yeah. is. And I, I, I was teaching a beginner session here at Photoshop World and I, I even said, My suggestion is when you first start with layers, name them just to help. And then the more you do it, you'll probably name them less and less because you kind of understand and recognize the purpose of layers. And the only reason I suggest people still look in a little bit is so you don't end up with unnecessary layers where you have added a blank layer and then you forget mm-hmm. and add another layer and suddenly you have three yeah. or four layers that serve no purpose Absolutely. and it just adds, adds to the clutter. So you said sometimes you could have a, a thousand layers yeah. How often would you be working on a project then kind of dig back down and say, Well, now let me go in this folder and kind of play around with these layers to see what those do?
1: Very often, because if I'm working with hair, yeah, sometimes definitely um, I need to add shadows, highlights, and sometimes I would like to tweak it, and I'm thinking maybe I will move this highlight under my shadow layer, and I will see how it looks. So, it's i mm-hmm. always playing before okay. I will say, yeah, I'm happy with it.
0: <laughs> now, seriously, are you ever... Always happy or like never, <laughs> never, never. So here's a actually a related question. I did a, a questionnaire. I've mentioned this in other podcasts, but I did a questionnaire with uh, for the people on my email list to say what are the biggest challenges you have with Photoshop. And one of the fairly common answers was something to the effect of, "I never know when I'm done." Exactly. And I thought that's a really interesting point because the temptation is to go, "That looks pretty good." Or I could try this. Yes. So do you have any suggestions for that as someone to be, to get to a point where they just sort of say, OK, that, that's good. I should I could be I could be satisfied stopping here.
1: Yes, I trained myself to stop at some point when I say, yeah, it's pretty good. Go away from my art for my project for even for one day, mm-hmm. come back and check it. If I need to add anything, I will add and I will go away. And I come back and I will say, oh, maybe I will add. If I will say maybe, that means I'm done.
0: <laughs> I love that idea because I, I've often said that we're our own worst critics when you're looking at yeah. artwork, whether it's painting like this or even just Retouching a photograph is you, you're so critical mm-hmm. that it's always good to go away for a while, even an hour or two, and then come back with fresh eyes. And often, I know at least I find going, that's actually pretty good. You know, at the time I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But then if you t- take a step back and look at it with fresh eyes, especially if it's something that has a fairly dramatic, let's call, before and after, where you start comparing, those ones in particular, I think people are often too critical of themselves but if you look at the after photograph with sort of fresh eyes you're like yeah that actually looks pretty good <laughs> I agree but it's you. a habit where you you never you know you are never satisfied no um, never. I remember in the early days I used to have when I, we lived in Canada I had my computer down in our basement where I and I'd say to my wife um, I'm just going down for a just a a little bit to work on something. She says, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because she knew that once I got started, it was like, yeah, oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> it's
1: impossible to stop. It's impossible. But my dog always um, next to me. So when she's saying, okay, mom, let's go out.
0: This <laughs>
1: is my rest.
0: You have to take a break. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, okay. So if you were faced with, and this is obviously, you know, never would happen, thankfully, but if one of the the main tools I'm I know you use is a use a Wacom is it use a Cintiq is that what you have um if you were unable to use that for some reason and not even a tablet how challenging would it be for you to try and do some kind of painting just using a mouse
1: Oh, my God, it's torture. <laughs> <laughs> the torture. I don't want to think about it.
0: <laughs> no,
1: it's a torture. I cannot. Definitely, we can't do any job without Wacom. But it's like before we were walking from uh, point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Can we now, uh, in 21st century, walk from point A to point B? It's right. not possible. Same with Wacom. Again, we can, but...
0: Yeah, you don't want to, right? Yeah. No. <laughs> and and just to finalize that thought, there's a lot of people I know when I'm teaching Photoshop like here at Photoshop World, I was teaching a class where nothing that I was teaching really required the tablet, but I mean I use it for everything. Yeah. And someone came up and kind of almost seemed like a little surprised at that. They said, "You weren't really doing a class on painting or retouching, so why were you using a tablet i'm like cuz it's easier exactly <laughs> and it's, it's faster easier. yes it's
1: faster
0: <laughs> i mean the and i'm sure especially for the work you do the pressure sensitivity oh, i mean important. i can't even imagine
1: it's how much important.
0: more time it would take to be constantly trying to change brush size or opacity no, it's size impossible. or whatever oh. so what for you what's when you're using pressure sensitivity what do you typically use that to do brush size for that or do you use it for for no. like flow or opacity a or flow something
1: opacity. okay mostly
0: and then, so if you need to change the size.
1: Uh, it's this. on Wacom Cintiq, I have wheel.
0: The wheel, right, yeah. okay, cool. Well, Victoria, thank you so much. I, I'm sure there are some people out there would be very interested to see your work and learn more. So where could people find thank out you. more about you?
1: Uh, on my website, pavlovphotography.com. my Instagram, Victoria Pavlov Art, and on Twitter, I'm Victoria underscore Pavlov.
0: Perfect, thanks so much, thank, I really thank appreciate you. it. it
1: was my pleasure, All right, thank you.
0: Thanks. Well, that was Victoria Pavlov with a very interesting discussion of some of her techniques with painting in Photoshop. Well, we're checking out her website to see her work because she really does some beautiful work with Photoshop. Now, while I was at Photoshop World, I was lucky enough to do quite a few of these interviews. So over the next coming weeks, you'll see a whole variety of very interesting people from the world of Photoshop, both instructors and a couple of people from Adobe giving some very useful insights. So stay tuned for those coming soon thanks for listening please be sure to subscribe and tell your photoshop using friends about the podcast see you next time thanks for listening please subscribe and tell your photoshop using friends find us at talkingshop.show This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.